3: Love Talk Radio.
1: Hello everyone. We are so excited and I'm going to bring on Mr. J Logan,
4: Mr. J Logan. It's been so long. How are you? I am great, great. Everything is wonderful out here on the West Side, and I know what's going on on the East Side, girl. I am glad to talk to you and do our wonderful show we have today
1: I missed you. I missed you a lot. I, 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 You know, guys, we haven't talked in a while because we've been so busy. So I am so excited to be on the radio with Mr. Logan today. Mr. Logan, I'm, I'm all, we have one student from California and another student from South Africa, okay? And it's wow. really going to be amazing. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about that one. So, you know, um, without further ado, what we're going to do is we're going to actually bring on uh, the news. And and Mr. Logan, would you would you give us a little bit of Anchor Logan? We'll call you Mr. Anchor J. Logan. Would that be okay with
4: you? That will be wonderful. I would love to be the anchor. That's fun. Yeah, I'll get a new title? Yes. <laughs> so this is
1: the Savoy. We're being brought to you by Mr. J. Logan for Savoy. Stop all violence on youth for today. And I'm really super excited. Okay, so we're going to come back in a few minutes and you please bring us the news as it's really
4: happening today. Thank you so much. All right. Well, everyone, this is the first part of our new segment here, and I'm going to talk about a little bit about Google for Education. Um, well, they launched uh, originality reports to curve the students' uh, plagiarism, outlines for assi- assignments for higher education. Okay. So basically what this is is Google, or Google for Education launched a new feature. Um, That new feature is designed to check students for their originality and plagiarism across the assignments and the classroom learning platform. So for you guys, like some people, you know, borrow ideas from um, other people. Um, I won't say steal them, but they borrow ideas and so this new platform here, all these new apps are designed to stop that. Um, the feature is called Origina- originality reports, which allows instructors and students to check works to ensure it's cited properly and to avoid, of course, plagiarism. Okay? Originality reports checks a student's text against billions and billions of web pages. So you know, it checks against these web pages. And millions of books. The system here will highlight text that is needed um, as citations or include phrases similar to what's on the web. So, so for you guys that um, back in the day you um, used to copy off of your friends' uh, book reports or kind of peep over at the other desks, those days are going away. I met that I might have did a little teeny bit, only a little teeny bit. But basically, with this new technology um, that Google has, um, you pretty much can't do that anymore. Um, So big ups to Google. And um, shoot, to me it's okay to kind of peep a little bit at your friend's page, but I guess not anymore. Those days are gone. So big ups to Google for this new technology to uh, stop that. Um, Moving along. Um, Speaking of good new software that's coming out from some of these companies, Amazon recognition software can now spot fear. So basically, the camera can look in your eyes. The advanced um, advanced technology can now look into your eyes and use the surveillance cameras. and, And it has been able to see if you have fear in your bones. So that's amazing for the new artificial intelligence to be able to do that. Amazon's controversial face recognition technology called Rekognition has a new skill. It can now spot fear. The company has said it recently launched updates to recognition facial analysts, featuring including improved age estimation and the addition of fear to its emotional detection. We have improved accuracy for emotions detected for all seven emotions. Let's see. Happy... Sad, angry, surprised, disgusted, calm and confused, and now added a new emotion: fear. According to an update from Amazon on Monday, lastly we have pr- improved the age range, estimations, accuracy. You can also get narrow, narrower age range across most age groups. Amazon boasted that its recognition software can track and analyze hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people in photos using a database with tens of millions of faces. The ACLU can express concern about – they have expressed concern about the law enforcement's use of the technology, saying it could be abused by governments to pose a grave threat to the communities, including people of color and immigrants, and to trust and respect Amazon has work to build. So, in July, the Orlando Police Department officially ended its Amazon recognition program. After a bumpy ride, of course, the department had temporarily stopped using recognition in June 2018 after the city pilot program with Amazon ended after the ACLU penned an open letter to Amazon CEO Jeff Benzos highlighting privacy concerns. Amazon employees have also protest the sale of this recognition software to the police fortunately Amazon didn't immediately respond to the request for comment so these type of things are something that um, is actually going on with Amazon so I don't know if I trust any of those uh, surveillance cameras anymore to tell me if I'm afraid or if I'm scared or,
1: or, or if do you trust or... me?
4: Or, <laughs> do you trust me Mr. Logan <laughs> well, you, I trust. Yes, I do. I trust you, and I trust a human. And you're a beautiful person. I definitely trust you, Gail.
1: Well, you know what? I'm so glad that you trust me. I thought I would ease on into the news right there. Okay. Well, okay. Uh, we have Mr. Yarden Zinger, and he is a young man who is a student that we are about to bring on. He is out of actually your area, Jay. He is out of the. uh, the Sunnyvale area um, near Mountain View and all those areas of San Francisco and San Jose, and he's going to be doing a climate dance to bring the awareness of climate. So we're going to talk to him, and he's just graduating from school, so we're going to bring him on right now. Are you ready for him, Jay? Oh, yes, I am. Hello? Hello, Yarden. How are you? Hi, Yarden. How are you?
0: I am doing fantastic today. How are you guys doing?
1: We're doing fine. This is Jay Logan. He's one of the um, partners and founders here for the Creators 2030 Savoy uh, UN SDG. We got a long title. We won't go on, but he's one of the founders. So, um, Got it. you know, we're going to get into the conversation with you, and we're going to ask you questions and ask that you only answer those questions so we keep all the goodies, you know, from getting out too quickly. Is that okay?
0: Yeah, sure. So only answer the questions. <laughs> Hi because <laughs> yeah, if you
1: tell too much, if you tell it. Too much then you don't have any good stuff to talk about later. Is that okay with you?
0: Yep, sure. That's all right with me.
1: Okay. Well, Yarden, you know, so that everyone knows who you are, you know, would would you tell people a little bit about yourself, you know, like about school and, you know, uh, graduating and what this means for you and going to college? Can you share with our audience a little bit about that?
0: Yeah, yeah. So, um, again, my name is Jordan. Um I just graduated high school. I'm going to be going uh, to the University of Denver, and right now I am uh, undeclared in business for now. I'm looking to do something in that. Um, but even though I'm not studying anything related to environmental science, I'm still extremely, you know, passionate about climate and uh, ending uh, the climate crisis. And um, the reason, uh, one of the main reasons uh, why I'm planning this dance is to really mainly because uh, I care about climate and to, like, empower individuals that they can actually make a difference in any climate crisis. So that's how I kind of got involved in, in the climate dance, and uh, just dealing with climate.
1: Well, I know
4: I know Jay has a question for you. Yes, I do. I do. Um, so, uh, you're you're then, I'm getting that right, right?
0: <laughs> yep. I oh, wait, hear. Okay. Yeah, no, no sorry. Hear, Keep on hear, going.
4: Oh yeah, I I hear climate is important to you. I hear that. So, could you tell us why? Why is it important to you, then? So
0: one of the main reasons why it's important to me, because, I mean, if we don't end the climate crisis, almost anything I do right now is pointless. That's how I look at it. Because, I mean, like, what's the point if when I'm 90, the, pretty much the earth is, you, you know, pretty much going to be, like, uninhabitable for most humans? And, you know, I, I might not have a planet for my kids and future generations. So it's like, what's the point of me, you know, like, living and, like, doing everything I'm doing? if the planet is anyways, you know, going to be inhabitable. So it just doesn't, it, so that's why I, I specifically, I'm a extremely passionate about climate.
1: Hmm. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, um, Yarden, one of the things I would like to ask you is, can you tell us about the climate dance and what is the intention of your dance?
0: Yeah, yeah, so, really, so this is the intention of the dance, so when we, you know, relate to climate change, or when you hear, you know, the word climate change, or any time you think of it, usually it's not, like, it's very, like, disempowering, like, oh, I can't make a difference, or oh, the planet's gonna die, or all that stuff going in the back of our minds, and pretty much... And also, my, we also there's a lot of myths, especially you know, we as individuals feel like we can't make a difference in ending the climate crisis. We always think it's only, it, only the government, industries, so or the UN can do it. But really, individuals actually have a huge impact. Um, like for example, I'm part of a 2020 bus, and um, if 500 and we found you know, 500 million people by the end of 2020 took some small action in their life uh, to end uh, to reduce their carbon footprint we could actually have a chance to end the climate crisis. That means individuals have, can make a difference in ending the climate crisis. So the intention of this dance is to give individuals the power to end the climate crisis and also to have fun while doing it. Like, I mean, look, we can have fun while doing it. Like, we're going to be dancing four miles. And um, pretty much to show, like, look, um, like one of the things we'll be doing during dance when we, like, dance when we stop to our one location – we're going to ask people to create ways in how they can engage their communities in uh, helping uh, end the climate crisis and also in fun ways. Like, for example, uh, you know, someone, um, someone with their friends can go and let's see who can eat the least meat or who can save the most money uh, by driving their car less or uh, who can use the least energy. You know, there's just like – or you can do like family competition. Who produces less garbage? You know, like those are just examples. And so it's really just to show that individuals have the power, and you can have, like, fun while actually ending it. Like, life is short. Have fun while doing it.
1: <laughs> you
0: know what I mean? And um, and also during the dance, you know, because um, I'm, act- I'm also the youth coordinator of 2020 or BUS, we're going to be sharing because um, it's also around because individuals can make action, because if 500 million people take a- some small action in their life, then the climate crisis, then, um, you know, that would really – that would, you know, set us in the right direction. So I'm also, during the dance, I will be sharing a 2020 book mission around that. Um, But yeah.
1: Well, I know Jay had another question for you, Jordan. It's amazing, isn't it, uh, Jay?
4: Oh, yes. It's definitely amazing that he's concerned and that's wonderful. I have this question. It's another why question. Okay, Mm -hmm. Jordan. Why is this dance important important, what do you want people around the world to get from it? I really, you know, when I
0: talk, so I live in the Bay Area, and it's very, you know, before, um, and it's very, you know, there, it's, we, we live in a bubble, you know. It's very, you know, many people care about climate, and I realized it was, like, very, when I was sharing with people, it was very easy for me to share about climate change. But um, I did, I, I saved the money for my work, to do like an east coast trip it was like my first you know adult vacation and um when I uh did my east coast trip and I was sharing people about climate people were like much less open um when I was on the east coast of like you know having meat with meals or taking this action and and just like the and I think just the resignation just like in I think just that I, I see like how individuals, like we feel like we can make a difference. And even when I talk to people, also in the Bay Area, when I talk to them, they think, oh, yeah, we can only you know, lobby the government, which is not bad. It's just, it's, 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 all, it's not bad to lobby the government. It's just also a, a way, when we just say that, it's a way of saying that we don't have the power as individuals. So I really, I, I, I see the resignation when I talk to people like that, they really can't make much of a difference. And then once I talk to them about, you know, 2020 or bus and, and 500 million people, and I start b- creating ways and how they can do it, they're like, "Wait, maybe I can actually do this." You know what? Maybe I can actually do this. And um, so, I really what I want people to get from this is, you have the power to make a difference in the climate crisis, and also look, you you can have fun while doing it. Like the. the you don't have to. It doesn't have to be such a serious thing. Like, make it fun. Like I said, have competitions with your family to see who can produce less trash. Like, have fun, and you have the power to end the climate crisis. And that's really why I'm planning this specific event and the purpose.
1: That's amazing. That I have to. I have to actually say, it's absolutely amazing. You know, uh, Yarden, young people. Um, Go through so much, you know, in in, in dealing with what's going on in the world around them. What I'd like to know is what do you think you can do more to stop climate change?
0: Um, So you're saying um, my individual actions, what I can do.
1: No, what can other or, youth do more to stop climate change? You know, the youth, not all the youth from around the world will be with you at the stand. but what can other youth do to stop climate change?
0: All right, I got it. So um, I think, in, you know, individual action, I think, in, in mine is one of the best ways. Because when you – if youth all around the world, like, also, like, not, you know – I feel like mainly when we think of action – we think about just mainly, you know, protesting, which is fine, but, like, that's that's really just, you know, telling someone else to do it and not doing it ourselves. I think when, you know, when we actually take the actions or house, like, look, when we, take, when we have meatless meals, when we have, you know, when we take the action ourselves and when many youth are doing it, it's like everyone else is going to catch on to it because, like, the parents, uh, you know, are going to be like, wait, um, are going to feel guilty because they're going to see their kid eating meatless meal and, and they're like, maybe I could eat meatless meal or maybe – Look, he's recycling more. I maybe should recycle more. It's kind of like, you know, like the anti-like smoking campaign. It was, you know, they pretty much would educate kids, and then their kids would go to their parents and like, why are you smoking? And they would feel guilty and they would stop. So I think what youth have a huge play in this, and I think by taking like individual action, they can really do that. And here are some of the ways they can actually do that. Um, there's many ways, but this is the top three ways I think is like. The way that, um, based on my knowledge of, you know, and my research or, and what I know about climate, th- I think these are, in my opinion, these are the three ways where you can reduce the most carbon footprint. Number one is eating less meat. You know, meat is extremely, you know, bad for the environment. And it doesn't have to mean you become vegetarian or vegan. I mean, if, I think if every American, instead of eating meat every single day, ate meat like four days a week, oh my gosh, that would, like, whew, uh, it would be drastic. Like, that would set us, I think, in the, like, that alone would set us in the right direction in ending the climate crisis. I mean, there's no perfect way to measure, um, but, like, in my opinion, I think that would really set us in the right direction. Like, that will, you know, rather than having, like, 11 years to end it, we would have, like, fifth, you know, ton, a lot more time when we could actually end the climate crisis. Um, so, I think eating meatless meals. Um, uh, planting trees. Planting trees is, you know, huge, you know, plant because trees, they absorb carbon dioxide, a lot of CO2, so trees, I think planting trees is the best way. So it's like planting trees in the backyard, volunteer planting trees or uh, donating. I know there's, I don't know any specifics, but I know any, I know there's organizations out there that, you know, every dollar you donate, they plant a tree. So uh, planting trees and number three is traveling, Uh, not flying too much. Uh, because, uh, flying, you know, produces a lot of CO2, but usually what I recommend is, cause I think also traveling is also like the, you know, cause most things when you reduce, when it comes to reducing your CO2, usually you benefit from it. Also, the thing is with traveling, you also learn a lot with your travel. So I still encourage people to, you know, like try to reduce their travel, but I would actually encourage people to eat less meat and plant trees more. Cause it's actually healthy for you. And they also make huge differences. And those are the, like the top three things, but there's, all, there's also a lot of other ways too. Like, you know, driving a car less is also very helpful, you know, going solar. But really the three ways that make the biggest difference are, are meatless meals, uh, planting trees, and traveling. Wow. Well, that's,
4: that's, that's good. So uh, trees, thank you. Yeah. less meat, and... Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna do all that, but okay, I have something that I want to ask you <laughs> <a> one final <post-continental> question. <laughs> okay, so yeah, yeah, of Did course. you get this dance? Okay, I, I want to know Jordan, did you get this dancing from tribal Indians like rain dance? And how did you come up with this dancing? The last question is, what is 2020 or bus? And then you can tell us what type of dancing you're gonna do. Are you doing break dancing? Are you doing like uh, you know kind of waltz waltzing? Or you just are you doing? Well, what, could you explain what what type of dancing and also what is 2020 yeah. or bus?
0: Of course, yeah. So um, I'll first explain 2020 or bus. Is actually 2020 bus's mission is really rooted in the dance. is actually, the so I'm really glad you asked that. So 2020 or bus is pretty much we're working to set us in the right direction in of the climate crisis by the end of 2020. Because right now we only have a we only have 11 years to reach zero emissions. And realistically, that's almost impossible. What 2020 and by, by 11 years, if we, you know, it's, all, it's pretty much too late to end the climate crisis. If we, after 11 years, if we do, you know, business as usual. Um, but what 2020 or bust is, is um, we, we uh, went to the UN and found if 500 million people took some small action in their life to end the climate crisis, by the end of 2020 we would have way more than 11 years. So that means we would actually have a chance because there's a lot of innovation that are coming out. You know, governments are starting to take action, but the problem is it, by the time all that happens, it may be too late. Our good chance will be too late. What we're doing is we're actually giving enough time for all that. In my personal opinion, I think innovation is really what's going to save us in the end. And I think if 2020 is successful, we're going to have so much time to create very successful, innovative new products that can really save our planet. Um, and we can do that in enough time. So um, that's 2020 uh, so bus. And the main way we're doing this actually is through our app, where, um, you know, you get, um, you pretty much, yeah, you get daily actions, uh, such as um, if you uh, eat a meatless meal, you get 10 points. If you plant a tree, you get 10 points. You know, driving, uh, or I mean, uh, taking public transit, you get 10 points there. You award yourself points. And like the climate dance, this app is supposed to make, you know, it's like the game of the century. Any of the climate crisis is like a game. You know, see how many points you can get. You know, it's making it fun. And also, we have meme generators, too, which is really cool. Like, our our best one, uh, Don't Let the Planet Get Harder Than You. I just used uh, it today to actually um, – or I didn't post the meme, but I I referenced it today uh, in Advertising the Climate Dance today, actually, on my Facebook and Instagram. Uh, But, yeah um i think we have some meme generators we're coming out with more you also get an avatar and when you don't play the app it gets sick so uh you want to take care and we even have like a we have like a polar bear avatar too which is really cool uh but yeah we're so pretty much we want to get 500 million downloads so the app is a way to keep people accountable and taking actions it's a support system and also what it has is you can write in your action, what action you want to take. Like, let's say, look, you want to be vegetarian. You can write in being vegetarian, and the app will remind you. So it can keep you accountable. Or let's say, I want to eat meat only four days a week. You know, alrighty, It will keep you accountable. Or Meatless Mondays, you know, whatever actions you want. That could be tough for you. And um, so that's pretty much really, we're trying to get 500 million downloads on this app. And um, that's- that, sorry, what?
4: No, that's wonderful. I'm, I'm listening to you. So, oh, Meet great. this Thank Monday. You. Yeah. Okay, that's, a, yeah, that's pretty good. M M. Yeah. Okay. A day. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, Jordan, oh, wait, I, um, I appreciate you. I, I I appreciate you coming on our show. We have some other guests, and we would love oh, to have you back it. on our show again. We would love to have you back. Would you be mind coming back at at some time?
0: Oh, I would love to. You guys are great hosts, so why not? You guys give me a good welcoming.
4: (laughs) Wonderful, wonderful. And so I'm going to keep um, Iceland in our prayers. You keep doing what you're doing, and we'll get back with you soon to get you back. And we need to discuss some of the other climate problems around the world, and you'll be a wonderful guest. Thank you so much.
0: Oh, of course. Yeah. Have a good one, everyone. You too. Bye-bye.
4: Bye-bye. Wow, what a wonderful young man we had on our show. Um, I'm going to get back to some of our news topics. Uh, this one has been very interesting uh, it was interesting to me. Um, I know you guys are familiar maybe with the artist T-Pain. Well, T-Pain was talking the other day about how he blew $40 million. Now, I don't know how you can blow $40 million, but he blew $40 million, and he had to borrow money to get his kids some uh, food at Burger King. Uh, wow, you know, I don't know. You know, I'm just like, wow. Well, T Pain is, he was opening up about money problems. And um, he was on his show. You know, although the singer claims he's currently financially stable now, he has some major issues at one point. Um, for a while, as he told the uh, Breakfast Club, host of the Breakfast Club, doing an appearance on their show last week, he had to ask for money to get. Some basic necessities and one of them was uh, buying some food for his kids uh, he had to borrow to get his kids burger king he said estimating that at the peak of his financial woes, he blew through 40 million dollars i'm trying to say how can i i'm gonna ask gail how do you blow through 40 million dollars i mean don't wait i mean what could you have done maybe some big items but if we had 40 million dollars Boy, I would think I would still be able to buy Burger King even if I spent half of it. But that's just me. Well, T. Pain, his real name is Fahim Rashid Nimes. I guess that's how you pronounce his last name. Uh, blamed a lot of bad blamed a lot of bad investments for his struggles. Also calling out his manager for making him less than optimal spending decisions. Um, I just can't imagine losing $40 million. I just feel really, um, I'm shocked. Um, he said, I was letting my manager do do it all, and he was more optimistic than I was. The 33-year-old single said he would just buy complete dumps and think that we could just paint, and then we should be fine. He never sold anything that they bought. Earlier this year, if you guys know, if you're watching TV, uh, T-Pain came out as a top uh, winner on the Fox The Mass Singer show. Well, I think, I think I think,
1: that we are also winners as well. We're we're up we're up there with T. pain and we have Miss Milka on the line, and I'm super excited to have Milka on the line. Uh, Milka, are you here with us today?
3: I am. I am here. Milka, would you? I am here. Like, Hello, everyone. Co-host? Yes, this is the
1: co-host Jay Logan. You are online. Hi, the mother. United Nations is listening to you and everyone. So. We oh. are so glad to have you on the show. You have no idea. It's, it's an absolute pleasure. Thank you pleasure. so much
3: for having me. It's a pleasure.
1: And you know how much I love having you on the show as well. And so um, Jay and I are going to go right into some questions with you. And yeah, we ask that you don't tell too much of the good stuff so that we can get it all in. Is that okay with you?
3: That's perfect with me, yes. Yeah.
1: So, Milka, you have been traveling a lot just graduated so just tell yeah. us a little bit about you and school don't go into the travel yet because Jay has some questions for you But we'd like to know okay what did you take in school you know what made you take it and tell people where you're from and um you know just tell us a little bit about that if you wouldn't mind no problem
3: so um like your. Presented me. My name is Milka Basicus Seneca. I am um, currently 22, will be 23 in December. Um, I took um, international relations and French at the undergraduate level um, at university. Um, the reason for taking that was because initially, well, I've always wanted to be a lawyer, and I remember being in school just preparing. To go to university or college um, like many will say in the united states um my teacher telling me that i w- wouldn't necessarily enjoy uh, law um at the university level because it's, an, it's very theory based it's, it's very heavy There's a lot of reading a lot of researching she said i know you're a very adventurous person and you like to learn new things and you, uh, do new things study international relations because it allows you to learn many different things within the degree and French because you're a native French speaker. So you have a class, um, um, you know, to your degree. So that's what I took at the university level.
4: Today. Wow. I have a, I have a question for you, Zemilka. This is Jay, and your, tra- your yeah, cool. travel to South Korea – You traveled to South Korea, correct? Correct. You traveled to South Korea? Okay. And my question is, so what have you learned about their culture?
3: Um, What have I learned about the South Korean culture? I think, to me, uh, one thing that stood out to me was how orderly um, they are as a people. Um, coming from the UK, you know, I'm used to, because that's why I'm I'm, I'm based um, in London. I'm used to you know seeing queues formed and people waiting in queues and waiting their turn. Uh, but there was just something different about the Korean people with how orderly they were. Even queuing up it was such it was done in such an orderly fashion where nobody had to be told anything, but they knew that. I came after this person, I wait here, you know, I wait my turn with so much patience, uh, patience. And they were also very welcoming people. I was, I wouldn't say scared, but I was a bit, um, you know, cautious with coming to South Korea, um, especially um, from um, black descendants. Uh, You know, I'm a black woman, and coming to an Asian country, so foreign to me, so new to me, I didn't know what to expect. I was excited, but I didn't know what to expect. Uh, but the way they welcomed me, that I actually, when I was at the airport, a Korean woman bought me the train ticket because I was really struggling uh, with finding out what my train was, what to get off, get off and she helped me with the map. But then offered to buy me my train ticket, um, which costed something like $20. And I was thinking she didn't have to do that, but she did. She was like, I said this is my welcoming gesture Um, to you um, in South Korea so that you can go back and tell people that we're lovely people. I was honestly very humbled by that gesture because something like nothing I had experienced before and I've been to quite, um, um, you know, a few places. So definitely very orderly, very welcoming, very just genuinely warm people um, and just make you feel at home, you know, there was no uneasiness with anything.
4: Um, whilst I was there anyway
1: uh, in my experience. But yeah. w- Wonderful. <laughs> wow, it
3: must
4: yeah.
1: have been fun. All I can say is, wow, Milka. You, you know, this is why I love her, Jay. I especially mm-hmm. love what I'm about to share, what Milka's about to share with you because this is close to my heart. This is what her and I are December babies, as I like to say. Right. And, <laughs> and what what opened my heart to her when I first met her, Jay, was something that she created for a while, Milka. Mm. You created something for young men in the UK, right? Right. Would you tell Jay specific, specifically, not only the audience, but I want my co-partner here to hear what you created for men.
3: Sure. Yes. Yeah, so, um, coming from where I come from in London, um, I don't come from the greatest area in London. I came from. Um, what some would call a disadvantaged area uh, where you have a lot of um, gangs um, and a lot of boys were involved in gangs. I actually went to school um, with guys that were affiliated to gangs, guys that had committed knife crime, guys that were affiliated to gang violence, guys that have been to prison, that are currently in prison, that were victims of gangs. And so it was such a passion of mine, how, you know, going to school with these guys that were so intelligent you're in math class, you're in science class, you're in English class, these guys are performing so well. Uh, but when they get out of those school walls, they are completely different people. Um, I found that quite interesting and that's what drew me um really close to um these boys, you know, these well, then boys, now men, and so I uh, took it upon myself to do something about it, and I began because I was in network marketing for a few uh, a few years. You know, I worked with mentors, with uh, motivation motivational speakers, sorry, and so I took upon myself to just introduce these guys to a different world that they had known. You know, being in gangs and, you know, around gangs, it's such a bubble. You don't see life any other way but what you actually see in the life of gangs or, you know, if you are some, somehow affiliated to it. So I took up on myself to really introduce these guys to different perspectives and show them that there is more to life and more to you than you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I would take them to central London uh, whether we get to new businessmen, you know, and especially for, um, if, if I can permit myself to say, especially for people like black guys, you know, black men and black boys, seeing people like themselves um, that, you know, were in suits and nice cars and, you know, building businesses, making loads of money, but making it, um, uh, you know, lawfully making it legitimately, not stealing and not killing people. Uh, to acquire what they had worked so hard for really opened up these guys to knowing that, you know, where we are living, you know, that gang life is actually not worth it. And there's more to us as individuals and more that we can build. So uh, my job was literally just, it it was a lot of it. A lot of it was just motivation and sitting down with them, writing down vision. um, You know, what is your vision of life? Uh, what perspective? Uh, you know, if you don't have a vision, a vision I always say is a compass. You know, if you don't have a vision, you don't know where you're going. Uh, what is your purpose? You know, how could you um be self developed? What could you do for your personal um development? Um, these are things I'm still very passionate about, um, and uh, you know I was passionate about it then, and I still am today, and I probably will be tomorrow. And so these are a lot of the work that I've actually still do do on a personal basis, uh, where I sit down on 101 and have a chat and have a talk. We can write down something, map out something, um, that helps them with their lives and what they could achieve on this earth and would be remembered for something great.
4: Well Jen. Yeah. I I have a I have a question for you. So, where where are you located now? Yeah, You're sure. in Israel, right?
3: I am in Israel currently. Here.
4: Okay, so now so now I'm interested. So, you've told us all this great stuff about South Korea. Can you would you mind sharing something what are you learning there? Yeah,
3: sure. Um uh, it's an interesting one for Israel because I am here with my family, my entire family, our family friends. So it's, it's an incredible time to be able to share this experience with people that are dear to my heart. Um, with Israel, it, it, this country is um, very dear to my heart, especially as a Christian. Um, you know, it's a very historical place. Um, for where Christianity began and the reason why Christianity began because our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ um, was born here, grew up here and died here and resurrected here as Christians all believe. Um so the experience is, is very much more also spiritual to me. Uh, it's been it's been really refreshing and energizing, um to me to be here, um, to understand, you know, why my beliefs are uh, what they are and where they came from. And honestly, it's been an incredible um, experience so far. I've been here for two days now. Probably I will be here toward the end of the week Um, just visiting the different sites, And also learning about the history of Israel, which is so interesting, a country that was a people um, that were very much persecuted by, I would say, every nation on the face of the earth. Um, That's just a a generalized thing. But they were very persecuted by um, many, many nations and many, many countries. But to see how they've come back. Uh, from all the remains and ruins of um, what were, that were caused by wars and conflicts and all these different things, um, you know, in in their history, and seeing what they've built and seeing how much reverence they have for their country, how much um, they, um, you know, how highly they view their country, what they've actually a um, changed for themselves. Nobody came to their rescue. Uh, I mean, people helped them out. There the countries that were the allies that helped them out and, you know, uh, were able to bring some sort of agreements and different things uh, for them to be able to build what they've built today. But just seeing the people that took it upon themselves to say enough is enough and we're going to rebuild our country and we're going to protect our country and this is what God gave us. And so, you know, we're going to hold it with both hands and we're going to keep it for us, for the next generation, our children, their children, their children. And that we're going to, and especially their traditions, how they so um, they protect their, you know, generation after generation. Um, kids know what their grandfathers did and what they believed in and all those things. To me, honestly, um, that has been uh, far more um, impacting and refreshing and just energizing even for my own personal life as an individual. Wow. Oh,
4: that's, wow,
1: I'm, that's I'm, amazing. I'm, I'm, <laughs> we're both speechless um, oh, wow. <laughs> well Milka I have uh, one question I have a feeling the way Jay is uh, trying to get his words he might have one last one for you too
4: you
1: yeah, know no you're doing all this great work okay yeah. mm-hmm. when what's next for Milka What what do you want to do with your degree the things you've created where do you want to go in the world give us a little bit of insight into what's next
3: Yes, Um, so what's left for Milka is actually pretty soon. I'm starting law school actually in September. Um, I'm going to fulfill my dream of being a lawyer. Um, So, yeah, so I'll be in law school for two years. And um, I don't know if you guys know about the system in the U.K., Um, but in the u k you get to be either a solicitor or a barrister i don't know what that much i don't know what that translates much um in the American system but barristers are basically those that appear in court and wear the white wig and the black um gown before a judge and solic- solicitors are usually those that will stay in the office and you know do the work um um, um with the clients in the office and you know write up um the case and, and those things and barristers will actually go to court um with, with those cases and defend the client and, and all those things so i do want to be a barrister so i'm going to begin that journey in september and hopefully in two years i will have my white wig and my black gown <laughs>
1: And, and, and Jay, for you don't know what that is. That's the that's the uh, well, that's what the lawyers wear in in, in the UK.
2: Right.
1: Yes. Yeah. They wear the white <laughs> wig.
4: Wow. Go ahead. Um. <laughs> okay. I'm learning. Look, I'm learning a lot. Uh, we don't kind of wear the wig here, but you know, <laughs> maybe we should uh, learn how to do that in America. <laughs> It might make make better decisions. Yeah. <laughs> so my thing so, is, do, you, do I, you? Go ahead, Deb. Sorry. Oh, now you, you went to these different countries. I just would like to know, Gail, from her. What are some of the other countries that you like to visit? Like maybe you know, share some of the other things, countries that you might want to go to to learn their culture.
3: Yes. Uh... On my bucket list currently, I really want (laughs) to visit Singapore. (laughs) Um, I really want to visit Singapore. And and, and also very much so because of um, just the business nature of the country. I do like to put my eggs in different baskets. And, you know, in today's world with how the world is so versatile and so diverse, you never know which is that thing that... um, would work out, be successful. So business is also another thing that's very dear to my heart uh, because even to be able to fulfill your purpose or live in your purpose, you need the money to fund it. Purpose (laughs) is expensive. So Singapore is definitely one of the countries that I want to visit. Um, Looks like a beautiful country. Um, um, And also Japan. Although I was at the airport for five hours, I never actually got got to get out in Japan and in, in, in Tokyo, but Japan is definitely one of the countries that I do also want to um, visit, and um, an African country. It could be Nigeria, it could be Ghana. I don't know yet, but um, I say I'll say on my list right now: Singapore, Japan, and either Ghana or Nigeria. Um well, well,
1: Jay can tell you a lot about Japan because he's been to Japan many times and I've been to Japan oh, right. once or twice. Yes. Yeah.
3: You, you have fun. Tell me so <laughs> I know what to expect.
1: <laughs> well Milka, we thank you for being on and we would so love to have you come back again if you'd be willing to at yes. a later time.
3: It was absolutely my pleasure and um yeah, why not? If I have the time and I'm available, I I would absolutely love to have a chat with you guys again anytime.
1: Yes, thank you so much, and we hope you have a wonderful time in Israel.
3: You too. Thank you for your time.
1: All right, bye-bye. Isn't it amazing
4: people? Yeah, it's that's amazing. It's amazing that we have people from all over the world on our show and they can share what our what are dumb with our audience. They can learn how people react to different cultures. This is a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful show. And the people that come on here are very, very wonderful. I've learned a lot since even, you know, being a host on the show with you, Gail. I've learned a lot, a lot um, on this show.
1: Hello everyone. We got disconnected there for a minute, but we're going to bring Mr. Logan back on and just And here we are Mr. Logan. We're sorry for the uh technical glitch. We've been doing so well.
2: <laughs> yes, yes.
1: So, we're well, going to go on okay. to the next piece of yeah, it, it is okay because we've had two amazing guests, and we have the third one coming in from South Africa. So, would you bring us one last piece of news uh, for the audience while we bring Chantel from South Africa on? Would you mind doing that, sir?
4: Oh, No, I have a. I don't mind. Um...
1: Do we have you? Yeah, I'm
4: here. Um, oh, okay. I was. I was. I was going fi- to. I was going to finish. Talking about the forty million dollars that um, T-Pain that you're blew. going to give me. Um, yeah, I'm going to give you because I don't know how he could have done it. That's incredible. Um, well, he blew it. And, how can uh, someone How can someone do it? How can someone blow forty million dollars? I don't. I don't even know. I don't even know. I mean, <laughs> that's why it's That's why it's such a such a amazing story because I mean, he bought he bought all this property and he couldn't resell it. And uh, I think there's some other stuff going on there with his manager, and we know how that goes. Um, maybe some money was uh, put aside for on a rainy day for his manager, and he didn't tell him. But I don't have a I don't have the slightest idea how he could have done that. Well, Jay, you know maybe, um, maybe
1: one there was our audience. One thing, you know, not getting off on another subject, but this brings into some really good news and ties into our next guest. Would you give a little advice, I know this is kind of impromptu, but give a little advice to artists who are just coming into the industry, Jay, and learning what to do so that you don't blow $40 million. That's just
4: unbelievable. Well, I I have a little story that, and me and you know this guy, his name is Clarence Avant. And when I was young, I like to say tell the story because he was managing a group of guys, and Gail, one of them, both of them are your friends, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. So here I am going into Clarence Avon's. (laughs) So here I am, Gail. I'm like 22 or 23. I'm going into Clarence Avon's office. So he's on the phone with them, and they had just bought a Porsche. Both of them bought two Porsches, and they drove it up to his office. And he was so upset. I mean, he was in a rage. He said, Jimmy Jam, you got your first royalty check, and you went out and bought two new cars. Take those cars back right now. How dare you? Wait until you make some money. You haven't made any money yet. And um, um, he, he, he was so, so uh, just, you know, I'm sitting there watching this guy. And I'm saying, oh, what's wrong? They just bought some cars, you know. But what he was teaching us was your first royalty check. You didn't hit your goal. Um, put your money up for a safe day because, you know, going out and buying on these items, you don't know in this music business how long you're going to last. You know, you you get your first check and, oh, I made it and blah, 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 and you feel like it's the world, you know, you won the lotto and all this stuff. But, no, it's a long journey. If you're going to be in this music industry, you got to prepare for the long haul. You cannot get into this business uh thinking that you're going to be in this business forever because there's always a new champion. There's always a new number one star on the Billboard charts. There's always a new Grammy Award winner for the next year. There's always going to be somebody more talented than you. There's always somebody that has more skills and that can read music way better than you can. There's always going to be somebody younger and faster and quicker than you. This music business is very, 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 sophisticated. And if you want to be in this business, you're going to have to, you know, be like a squirrel and uh, put all those acorns in your cheeks and save up. Save your money in the beginning. Save it. I know it's a hard thing to do because everybody wants the fancy cars. They want the big house immediately. They want the jewelry. They want to wear the jewelry around their necks. So all the little hip-hop millennials and all of the people in the music business that want to be successful, my advice to you is put your money up for a rainy day. If you look at some of the artists, including Michael Jackson, including some of the artists that made a lot of money, they always end up in what? Some of them end up in financial serious situations because, you know, the bigger you get, the more money you spend.
1: So And, Jay, you can see we, you we caught you right mm-hmm. at the right, Mr. Logan. We caught mm-hmm. you right at the right time because we have Chantal from South Africa. Yay. (laughs) Say hi Chantel to the audience.
2: Hello everyone. Hello. My name is Chantel.
1: And well Chantel, what we're gonna do is we're gonna Jay and I are gonna ask you questions. Okay, Jay, we're sorry. We're back on with Chantel. Are you there? Yes, I am. Okay, so Jay has a question for you, Chantel, and what we're going to do is we're going to ask you questions, Chantel, and then we ask that you answer them. But don't go further than that because then all the good questions will go before the end of the show. Is that okay with you? Yes, it's
2: okay. Okay.
4: So there you go.
2: Hey, Santel. Go hey. Uh, my,
4: my, mm-hmm. hi. Santel, my question – hi. My question is, could you tell us How what you? school you go to? I'm fine. Could you tell um, us what school,
2: school you, to you go Kuro Kuro to? Falls. I go to Kiro Falls. It's a private school here in um, South Africa.
4: And mm-hmm. what are you studying?
2: Um, I'm still in high school. I'm doing my second last year of school, so I'm doing my final year next year.
4: Okay. And what, what, what is your curriculum? What are you studying there? What are they teaching you?
2: They teach us a variety of things. I mean, they teach us English. My subjects are English, geography, business studies, consumer studies. We even learn Afrikaans. As our second language, we learn English as our first language.
4: Wow. Well, you you speak
2: English very well. Thank you very much. (laughs) We learn it a Mm -hmm. lot, trust me. (laughs) Okay. Well, you know. Is 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 there a lot of kids in your school?
4: Is Is your school populated? Is there a lot of students there?
2: Yes, for a private school, there's a lot of students in my school. It is popular. It's one of, well, it's rated one of the best schools in, in my hometown. So, yes, there are a lot of children there.
1: Well, well, Chantal, one of the other questions we have is, we hear that you were in New York recently for a talent show. Would you tell us about it?
2: Um. So... I first started sharing in South Africa for regionals and nationals at Talent Africa. And what I performed was two monologues and one poetry, so I'm, I'm I'm doing acting. And then I qualified for Talent America. That's when I came to New York in June on the 23rd to the 2nd of July. So I competed in New York, and I did my acting pieces, and I also did my poetry, which I wrote myself. And that went pretty well. It was a competition as well, and I really enjoyed it. That's what I did. Well, I know
1: Jay has another question for you, a very interesting one at that, too. Yeah, that's
4: extraordinary. What what did you learn about yourself
2: and your art? Um, When you did your talent show? Oh, when I did my talent show. Yeah, what did you learn about yourself? I really learned uh, a lot about myself. I mean, I wasn't that confident in the beginning, especially when I started the competition. I was very reluctant. I didn't want to really do it because I didn't believe (laughs) that I could do it. And I mean, when I started doing it, I don't know, but things started happening for me. I even received a scholarship while I was was in Canada, Africa. I got a... I got a lot of gold medals, and I, I made top 10 actors. And when I was in America, I also won me, um, medals. So um, the biggest thing was confidence for me. It really did boost confidence for me. I'm not that shy wow. anymore when I'm on stage, and I'm not that <laughs> shy anymore when I'm in front of people. So that was the biggest factor for me, I can say.
4: That's wonderful.
2: Wow.
1: <laughs> so. So, since you know Jay asked you that, um, one thing you didn't answer, uh, Jay, she didn't answer, is what to do for your art. What did you learn about yourself? Um, and what did it do for your art? Jay asked you, what did you learn about yourself and what did it do for your art?
2: So, what it did for my art is, like I said, the reason why I'm speaking about confidence is because in order for you to act, you need to be very confident. Because not everyone, everyone can, let's say a lot of people can do it, but not a lot of people have the guts to go up on stage and do it. So that's the biggest factor for me. I couldn't do it that well because I wasn't too confident in myself to walk on stage and actually do it. Up until I, I was even featured in a musical production called Dreams. And that was the biggest factor for me because there, anything could happen. You needed to improvise in front of people. And I was one of the lead actors as well. So it was it was very scary for me, but because I started growing in my craft, it became easier. So I don't know if you...
1: Yeah. Yes, 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 <laughs> uh, My question is, you visited the United Nations, okay? Yes. What did you get out of visiting the UN for yourself, and what will you, what, how will you use your art to make a difference after being at the UN?
2: Um, please repeat that again. It's cutting.
1: You went. You went to the United Nations. What will yes. you do? What did you get out of being at the UN? What did it? What did you learn from that? And how will you use your art to make a difference after being at the UN?
2: Um being at the UN was it was it was an experience for me but i think what 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 really helped me a lot with being in the program was starting to communicate about certain issues about global issues for example i i wasn't really into that up until i started engaging into such things that's when i started realizing that it's really important and using my art to make a difference. I'm developing that right now. I'm not gonna say I have an exact answer, but then being in the program and understanding myself within the program and understanding how important it is to, well, with global issues, only now am I realizing certain things that I need to do to fix whatever issue there is. I really don't know myself, I'd be lying. I'm still developing that myself.
1: Well, I know Jay has another question for you. Okay. Jay?
4: Did we lose Jay? Okay. My
2: question, my question. Hello.
4: hello? My question hello? is yes, why can it, you. can you, can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you. Yes, I can.
2: Okay. Yes.
4: Why is art important to you? What inspires you?
2: Art is very important to me because it has helped me through my journey in life and I mean through personal experiences as well. I mean, I use art to escape a lot. I also draw and I also write poetry. So for me to to start doing art, was because of the challenges I was going through. In order for me to express myself, I used art to express myself. So it was basically my therapy because I never had someone to talk to and um, being in school and not having any friends, that was the first thing I I would do, basically. I would just recite something or just write something or just draw something. So... That's why art means a lot to me, basically. Wow
1: and our, our last question, Jay, did you have a question?
4: Right, go yeah. on. um i I wanted to know like um, do you do any type of ceramic art also ceramic art oh so like like pots, pottery, you know statues, you know clay, work with clay and no and no, 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 no. Okay.
2: No, I just do pencil drawings. That's it. I just okay. do pencil drawings.
4: That's well, beautiful. I art,
2: that's, a visual
1: <laughs> that's beautiful. That's
2: so beautiful. I'd like to know
1: what kind of what how are you going to use your art for climate?
2: Um, I want to go into film when I'm done with school, so I want to incorporate that when I create movies. I'm, I'm, I'm very much in love with movies. I'm very much in love with stories behind um, film. So I wanted to, to venture more into that. I don't know exactly how I'm going to do it, but then I want it to be something I really focus on as well. So I'm going into film and television after I'm done with school. So that's how I want to incorporate climate and everything like that, basically.
1: Well, I know Jay had the last question for you, uh,
4: Jay, for her. Yes, yes. Um, Chantel, how does climate affect your country? And what have you learned about yourself in the past month?
2: Um, Climate is is a huge issue in our country. I'm going to speak about my, my household. So, because climate is a huge issue, we try our best to prevent such issues. So we make sure that we lose, use less water, we make sure that we use less electricity, oh. because in um, Witbank in my town, from a lot of dirty water. We have water, but it's very dirty due to, um, our air is very polluted, it's, it's, it's dirty, you have um, dirty air and we have dirty water. So basically, in order for us to use our water, we have to purify it, and we have to use less water because not a lot of water is being purified so that is that is a, a the, one of the biggest factors we have in our can in our city with bank so mm-hmm. basically that's what we do to um uh to save our water and electricity, i don 't know what was the second part of the question again
4: and and what have you learned about yourself in the past month
2: I've learned that it's time for me to also take action because I must say that i I was never really doing much to to save our country or to save my city because um, I'm here most of the time. I'm in Whitbank most of the time, which is my um, hometown. So I've learned that it's, it's it's time for me to also realize the certain issues that um, are surrounding us and having to make a change myself. So the little things like um, preventing certain issues, like saving electricity, saving water, recycling, these are the things that I never really... Focused on, to be quite honest. So that's the that's one of the biggest things that, that uh, biggest changes that I had to do.
4: Wow, wow! Well you that know, wonderful that you're doing think, that.
1: Yeah, and we thank you for being on the show. So Jay, I have something to announce to you, and Chantal and I have a little uh, surprise for you. So as you know, <laughs> the creators 2030 and Savoy, we work together right? So Chantel, mm-hmm. along with two other students, are now the ambassadors for Savoy and the Creators 2030 to the UN.
4: Oh. Yay! <laughs> That's wonderful. So, so, <laughs> Thank
1: Chantel, you. so Chantel will be Thank doing you. some work, work for you in, in Oakland there, as well as she's doing the work for us, and it'll be for New York and Oakland worldwide for the UN. And we're really excited to announce that today. And then we also have Jordan, who's from another part of South Africa, and Marnus, And you'll be meeting them soon. So I thank you, Chantel, for being on a call with us. It was Um, an amazing call. Sorry for the
2: building before you, you chose the call. I'd like to also say thank you very much to Ms. Gail and to Ms. Ellis because they've been the best in their work. They're always there and they're always doing what they need to do to, to save our, not even their country, our world. So I'd love to thank them very much. If it mm-hmm. wasn't for my mentors, I wouldn't realize the certain issues that are surrounding me in my own country, especially. So I'd like to thank them very much. And for being in America and making me realize the, the certain things that are surrounding me in South Africa is a huge thing, and I love them so much. So thank you. Thank you very yeah. much. Well, you really have a new, you have a new
1: you have a new mentor and his name is uh Uncle Jay now and he yeah. is yes and i want to tell you something special Chantel, about uncle jay he lost his okay. years ago so you he, he his his son was killed some years ago at 14 oh. so youth are very important to him so he will also be mentoring you too and in your art form I'd especially love because he is, love he is an award-winning producer so he will also be doing that with you okay so we thank everyone jay thank you for always being my partner in this thank
4: and you with that much.
1: everyone She's have so a wonderful sweet. day
2: thank you
4: it is ryan here and i have a question
0: for you what do you do when you win